श्री चैतन्य चरितामृत की जय श्री भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रोपात की जय भक्ति रक्षक श्रीदेव गोस्वामी महाराज की जय श्री भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती ठाकुर प्रोपात की जय कृष्णस कविराज गोस्वामी महाशाय की जय और भक्तवृंद की जय ओ प्रमानंदी वेलकम एवरीवन रीडिंग फ्रॉम चैतन्य चरितामृत मध्यलीला चैप्टर 7 चैतन्य महाप्रभुस in this chapter, we'll begin his tour of South India. Krishna's Kaviraj Kusami begins with an introductory verse. He says, Dhanyam tam nome chaitanyam vasudevam dayadradhi nashta kushtam rupapushtam bhaktitushtam chakareya. Mahaprabhu, being very compassionate toward a Brahmin in Vasudev, cured him of leprosy. He transformed him into a beautiful man satisfied with devotional service. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the glorious Lord, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this is a famous and significant incident in this chapter, which we'll hear about in some detail as we proceed. It's one of the wonderful, overt miracles. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Dritachanda Jai Gaur Bhaktavinda Emate Sarvabhumer Nishtar Korila Dakshin Gamane Prabhu Icha Upajila. After delivering Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, the Lord desired to go to South India to preach. So this we heard about in the previous chapter. Sarvabhoma Shodana. Every morning we're singing. It means the purification of Sarvabhoma. Sarvabhoma Shodana. Shodana also means to repay. So, thinking of it along these lines, we can understand that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to repay a debt. He's a debtor to his devotees, and Sarvabhama Bhattacharya is one of his eternal associates. Indeed, he came to Jagannath Puri ostensibly for so many reasons, but he confessed, pronounced in the previous chapter that his real reason for coming there was to meet Sarvabhama. So to reunite with him, to repay him for all of the devotion, his eternal devotion, and now appearing in this special Leela, Gaur Leela, in the context of meeting with him, reuniting with him, the Lord purified him. It was a major conquest in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's preaching mission. And Sarvabhama, as we heard, hailed also from Nadia, his father, I believe, was school friends with Nilambar Chakravarti, the grandfather of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And his father was favorably disposed towards Jagannath Mishra, the father of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Sarvabhama, when he found out about the previous life before his sannyas of Mahaprabhu, that he had come from Nadia, he was Nimai Pandit, the son of Jagannath Mishra, then his affinity based on family affection, swelled in his heart. And when he was converted, of course, the news went back to Nadia, and he was well known there for having gone to Puri and become a champion of logic. Very sober fellow he was, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, just a young man, and the conversion and the purification of Sarvabhoma, this sent ripples throughout the countryside. What the young boy 
Nimai Pandit, who now Sri Krishna Chaitanya had done in Jagannath Puri, converted Sarvabhauma, and with the conversion of Sarvabhauma, then the whole of Jagannath Puri came under his influence. So he went to meet Sarvabhauma, a very good strategy with the conversion of Sarvabhauma. He had the whole town in his grip, practically. Then the whole of seaside Jagannath Puri would come into the embrace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's new religion, as it seemed. Of course, it is the eternal religion of the Veda, but it's not so easy to understand what that is. They appear in different shapes, express itself in different ways, and the very essence and highest reach of that manifest in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. And he taught it, this essence of the Veda, and how to access that esoteric truth through the chanting of the holy name of Krishna. So as he went, as we heard the Jagannath Puri, all the way he was chanting the name of the Lord. When he got within view of the Jagannath temple, which towers very, very high, of course, and can be seen from a long distance, he fell flat in ecstasy. And when he got up from his ecstasy, again he fell forward. And in this way he moved up and down, falling and rising, falling and rising, as if doing dandavat pranams, ashtanga pranams, stretching out fully and offering obeisances and going forward. People do this. You may have seen this in India. It's somewhat common in Vrindavan. You can find people taking a rock, placing it, laying out full flat on the ground with a rock in one's hands and then getting up and placing one's feet where the rock is and then reaching forward again in this way, paying obeisance, Bernam, around Govardhan Hill, which is takes about six hours to walk around at a good pace, at the pace of the Sri Padmanasringa Maharaj. <laughs> this is pretty brisk. Or you can see them going around Vrindavan. Vrindavan takes about two, three hours to go around and paying Dandavats like this. Of course, you don't always know what's the motivation behind that. Maybe to get a good wife, to get a good son. It may be for the sake of devotion. It may be for liberation. So many things. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Dandavat entry into Jagannath Puri was not based on any kind of calculation. Rising in ecstasy, seeing the temple of Jagannath, the flag above, he saw it as Krishna himself calling him. He fell and up and fell. And this way he entered Jagannath Puri in a state of trance and ecstasy. He had actually gone ahead of his associates. Three, four associates accompanied him, but along the way, Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda. Jagannanda Pandit was carrying his danda and caring for him, attending to him personally in this way. And Mahaprabhu gave it to him for a moment and he went slightly ahead. Nityananda Prabhu dropped it back with Jagannanda Pandit, took the danda and broke it in three places and threw it in the river. And Mahaprabhu showed some external displeasure with Nityananda Prabhu, while internally he appreciated his sentiment. It was uh, described as a mysterious event. Why Nityananda Prabhu broke the danda, why Mahaprabhu was angry with him, when indeed Nityananda Prabhu does not do anything that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does not want. He's attached to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as his foremost servitor. He's the very extension of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would deliver the most 
fallen persons. As we'll hear later on, he was commissioned by Mahaprabhu to go back to stay away from Jagannath Puri, to remain in Bengal and deliver the most downtrodden people. He was the agency through which Mahaprabhu delivered Jagai and Madai. So Nityananda Prabhu never does anything that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doesn't want. So why Mahaprabhu became angry at him in breaking the Danda, Krishna's Kaviraj reason, who can understand the mysteries of these two? To some extent we can. Nityananda Prabhu did not like the idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself, would be carrying a Danda. Danda means chastisement, punishment. So the sannyasi carries the danda to chastise his, himself, in a way, his body, his mind, his words, that they'll only be used in Krishna's service. It's symbolic of this. Mahaprabhu was not in need of that. Krishnanam was flowing from his lips without any effort, effortlessly. So, actually, I related the story before. It's worth retelling. I once asked, and we have our little deities of Gornitai, they became famous in Iskon as Chotagor. Chotagornitai means junior or little Gornitai. And um, there was another godbrother of mine who had a very small set of Gornitai deities also. As far as I recall, we were the only two devotees who had such little traveling deities. There were other deities on buses and so forth, but these were personal deities, and Prabhupada had commissioned the worship of them. And my godfather, who had, he was a sannyasi, had these little deities, so he one day dressed them like Gornita like sannyasis. And he had a platinum mridangas for them, and platinum little mini cartels. And, and so I saw that, and I took note of it. And when I met with Prabhupada, I asked him, is it proper to dress Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi? And Prabhupada said, the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu do not like to think of him as a sannyasi. That is why Nityananda Prabhu broke the danda of Mahaprabhu. So, of course, we do appreciate the sannyas lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Without that, where would we be? It's said that he renounced Vishnu Priya Devi, who's Raj Lakshmi, and externally on the basis of the curse of the Brahman, who was not allowed to enter Mahaprabhu's kirtan at Sivasangam, when he insisted, I should be allowed to enter because I live a very pure life. I drink only milk. This is my diet. I only live on milk. It comes from the cow. and This is a pure lifestyle, but this kind of external purity... It's not the kind of purity that can give us entrance into the esoteric rasa kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Shiva Sangam, which is our objective in terms of Gaur Lila, to enter into the kirtan at Shiva Thakur's house with Nimai Pandit. Mahaprabhu told him you cannot get entrance there. He cursed him later on. You will not have a good, a happy family life. And when Mahaprabhu heard the curse, he began to dance. <laughs> in happiness. <laughs> so ostensibly, or in appearance, he took sannyas on the basis of this Brahman's curse, gave up Vishnu Priya Devi's company, and mayamrigam He chased after all of the fallen souls bewildered by Maya. So we're appreciative, as I say, of his sannyas lila. Without that, then where would he be? And we offer 
our Dandavat Pranam, the Vishnu Priya Devi, who gave Mahaprabhu permission. Without her permission, he would not have done so. He gave her the logic. In this Leela, we all have to cry. You and I, Ma, Sachi, everyone. Because this Leela, I have come to deliver the fallen souls. So, please understand who you are and who I am and what is our purpose in this Leela and let us proceed. And she gave permission. Mahaprabhu took sannyas. We heard about that. So we appreciate the sannyas of Mahaprabhu and so many wonderful pastimes during his sannyas Leela are very instructive to us. In his sannyas pastimes, he instructed Rupa Goswami, he instructed Sanatana Goswami. These instructions we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita that he gave to them form the basis of their literature. Bhaktirasamrita, Sindhu, Ujbhunimani, Vrihat Bhagavatamrita, and so forth. So the Sanyas Lila is very important to us as sadhakas, but Prabhupada was speaking from a higher point of view, from the point of view of a Siddha at that moment, and the feeling of the devotees of Nadia, like Nityananda Prabhu, and those who came with him, who didn't like the idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taking sannyas. They like to think of him as their friend. Sannyas brings some majesty and dignity and creates some distance. Everyone pays respect to the sannyasi. So this Aishwarya, this majesty, gets in the way of their thinking of Mahaprabhu as their friend, as their close associate, Nimai Pandit. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you know, he prayed, when will Nimai Pandit give up the sannyas, Vesh, and return to Nadia as Nimai Pandit, and again perform kirtan with us? The sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is compared to Krishna's leaving Vrindavan, going to Mathura, to Gilkamsa. And from there, Krishna goes to Dwarka. Mahaprabhu is now in this sannyas lila. Although there's much, as I say, to learn from this, we're to learn this. And we learn it in this chapter to some extent, where we'll see the sentiments of the devotees. As Mahaprabhu says, now I've delivered Sarvabhama. The omniscient Lord has a mission. But the omniscient Lord, Sriman Mahaprabhu, is also actually moving other than his mission, according to the desires of his devotees, and he's trying to balance these two out. I have a mission to deliver all the souls as God, but actually what I am is the property of my devotees, my intimate devotees. In this Leela, I'm moving according to their will, their desire as well. So he's going to go to South India, but he's going to have to get their permission somehow or other. So he's going to carry on his sannyas lila, but as we see throughout the sannyas lila, in the midst of that, the devotees are always pulling back on him from his sannyas, denying that he's a sannyasi, dealing with him affectionately, without the kind of regard and reverence that the sannyas order commands. So two chapters back, when it didn't broke the danda, Mahaprabhu reacted in a particular way. Outwardly he showed some anger. He wanted to show outwardly that the sannyasi should carry the danda and set an example. So when he showed that anger, then they all subordinated to him. And it was suggested, you go ahead without us. 
we'll follow behind. So Mahaprabhu had gone alone. He entered the temple of Jagannath and he fell into a faint, a swoon, a trance. This is Jagannath, the Lord of the universe. And he has big guards with sticks that make sure that there is no disturbance in the temple. The Lord of the universe. And Mahaprabhu went in and screamed and laughed and cried and rolled on the ground and then fell into a trance and laid there. And they came to beat him, thinking you're causing a disturbance to the Lord of the universe, the great God of all the worlds. They didn't recognize what he was about. But the learned Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya came and stopped them and he looked carefully, and he was charmed by the beauty of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he detected that he was in a trance of ecstasy. Adirudu Mahabhav. This is the lakshan, the symptoms, actually, of the Supreme Lord himself. This was related to Bhattacharya, later on by Gopinathacharya. When the discussion ensued, the argument between Gopinath, who's the brother-in-law of Sarvabhoma, and Sarvabhoma, as to the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he recognized these extraordinary symptoms, but he didn't make the connection that such symptoms are characteristic of the Supreme Lord himself. He knew he was didn't deserve a beating, but he didn't quite understand that he was the Supreme Lord himself. So he told the temple guards to back off and made arrangement to escort Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his trance, in a faint, in like a coma, spiritual coma, to his house. It is said, was described by Vrindabandas Thakur and Chaitanya Bhagwat that such a uproar in the city, in the town of Jagannath Puri, came about as a result of this trance and Sarvabhoma's arrangement that people carried him like this, they passed him along on their hands, like those people sometimes in the band, they jump off the stage and people hold him up like that. This way they, everybody wanted to touch him and this way he was carried effortlessly to Sarvabhoma's house. And there Sarvabhoma cared for him and eventually the devotees caught up. They arrived and they were told, oh, he's been taken to the house of Sarvabhoma. So they went there and Sarvabhoma told me, everything's all right, I'm taking care of him, and, and don't be in anxiety, you go and have darshan of Lord Jagannath. So they went, but the temple guards were a little apprehensive. They said, don't do what your guru did. We don't allow that here. This is a strange falling on the ground like this, and crying and wailing, this is Jagannath. We don't do that here. And they said, don't worry. Although they exhibited extraordinary symptoms themselves that was not to the same extent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nityananda Prabhu was noticed by the guards as being very extraordinary. And after having the darshan of Jagannath, they returned to the house of Sarvoma. The Lord was awakened by their kirtan. At that time, he thanked Sarvoma for saving him from a great difficulty that he had fallen before Lord Jagannath and might have committed an offense and Sarvabhoma had saved him. And from that day he took a vow that I will only go as far as the Garuda Stamba, the stand on which Garuda 
rests viewing Jagannath from a distance. I'll not go close. So he kept that habit, only going as close as the Garuda Stamba. So in this way, he was cared for by Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and then that conversation I mentioned between Gopinath and Sarvabhoma ensued, and Sarvabhoma said, uh, he's very beautiful, what is his name? Very handsome. Gopinath said, his name is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. And he has come from Nadia, taken sannyas from Keshav Bharati. Previously he was Nimai Pandit, son of Jagannath Mishra. Well, Sarvabhoma told, oh yes, he's my relative in a sense. I feel like very close to him. My father knew his grandfather and his father. and But the name Sri Krishna is very nice, but he said that he comes from the Bharati Sampradaya, and uh, this Chaitanya name, that should be changed. And uh, if you want, I can reinitiate him. I can perform the ritual again, the wholesome scar. This is some interesting evidence from the scripture for the principle of initiating someone again. <laughs> Sarvabhoma said, I can perform the sanskar and change the dress and give him sannyas again in a higher conception of sannyas. And at this, Mukunda became very angry. He was listening, and Gopinatha Charja could not tolerate this. Do you want to you think that you can elevate the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? You don't know who he is. And Gopinath began to discuss, and they had a debate, and the disciples of Sarvabhoma chimed in. They were all students of logic. Gopinath ultimately told him that he's the Supreme Lord and you cannot understand him unless you get his mercy. And Sarvabhoma said, how do we know you have the mercy? He said, well, one who can understand the symptoms of the Supreme Lord, when he sees them and identify them, he's got the mercy. You saw the symptoms. You could not identify them correctly as those that are the symptoms, the characteristics of the Supreme Lord himself. He said, oh, well, you say he's the Supreme Lord, but the Lord only comes in three yugas. Therefore, his name is Triyuga. Gopinath said, you think you know the Shastra, but this name Triyuga refers only to Lila avatars. So in three yugas, there may be Lila avatars, and not in Kali Yuga. But in every yuga, there's Yuga avatar. And he said it from Bhagavatam, Shukla Rakta Tata Pita Siddhanam Krishnatam Gataha. From the cowshed of Nanda Maharaj, where Krishna was given his name by Garga Charja, he said, Shukla Rakta Tata Pitas. He mentioned these four appearances of the Lord in white form, in red form, in black form, and in golden color. And he quoted other verses, Krishna Varnam Krishnam Sangho Pangastaparshadam Yajnai Sankirtana Prayajantihi Sumedasa from Bhagavatam, describing the Kali Yuga Avatar. And from Mahabharata, Suvarna Varnahi Mango Varnam Gaschandanagati Sanyasakachamasanto Nishtashanti Parayana. He said, you call yourself learned in the scripture, but you do not know these verses from Bhagavat and from Mahabharata that speak of the Kali Yuga Avatar. And I know the verses, and here he is. He corresponds with the description. And Sarvabhama said, oh, anyway, we're friends. We're relatives. Gopinath was his brother-in-law. Let's uh, arrange for prasad and relax. He felt that Gopinath was a bit feisty and emotional, as the Vaishnavas would get. Actually, Sarvabhama had said, Vaishnava sannyasi. He's a Vaishnava sannyasi. He had said to him, Om Narayana. And Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, 
Krishna Matir Astu. May Krishna be merciful to you. The Mayavadis, they say, Om Narayan, to sannyasis, as if you're God, you're Narayan, I offer my obeisance to you. But Mahaprabhu responded differently. They say, Om Narayan, and one says, Om Narayan back, you're Narayan, I'm God, you're God, we're all God. <laughs> Mahaprabhu said, no, no. Implied Krishna's God, and may he be merciful to you. So hearing the Sarvam, he said, oh, he's a Vaishnava sannyasi. Sometimes people complain about Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur instituting the Vaishnava sannyas in Gaudiya Sampradaya. There's no Vaishnava sannyas, we don't know anything like this. But in Chaitanya Charitamrita, right from the mouth of Sarvam Bhattacharya, these words have come. Oh, he's a Vaishnava sannyasi. But the opinion of Sarvam, uh, the Vaishnavas, was not so high. This seems to be a perennial problem <laughs> for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. <laughs> That the people don't understand what they're about, and they don't think so highly of them. We are facing this problem at the present, and it seems to have been a problem from the very time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's a very difficult concept to understand, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So here in this instance, I'm, re- I'm relating, and later in this chapter, Sarvabhama will also admit the same thing. More or less, I had a low opinion of Vaishnavas. When he tells Mahaprabhu, he asks him one request after finally giving him permission to go. He says, when you go south, do one thing. I have one request. What is that? Meet with Rai Ramananda. He's a Vaishnav and a Rasik Bhakta. Previously, I didn't understand him, all his emotionalism and so forth. But now, having been shodana, purified, converted by you, I can understand he and you have something very deep in common. We'll hear about that. So he had a low opinion of Vaishnavas. They were emotional and sentimental, just like when Mahaprabhu went to Banaras, then Prakashananda and all the sannyasis, they thought, you're a sannyasi, your business is to study Vedanta, but you're singing and dancing with instruments in the street in a show of emotionalism. You should be sober, peaceful, calm, sit still. Study Vedanta. So Sarvabhama was of similar thinking. So ultimately, what did he do? After the discussion with Gopinath, and Mahaprabhu was given prasad, the devotees were served. Mukunda, Gopinath, they told Mahaprabhu, he wants to reinitiate you, he thinks you should be educated. We cannot tolerate this. Mahaprabhu said, why are you thinking like this? He cares about me. He's like my guru. I'm a young sannyasi. Sarvabham was known to educate young sannyasis and teach them logic so they could be have the logic in the head to keep their vows. And Mahaprabhu was, of course, just a young man, 25, and very beautiful. So he could have been very accomplished in any field from a worldly point of view. People think that oh, they take sannyas because they weren't able to be successful in the world. <laughs> So sometimes it may be true that people do that. But Mahaprabhu had all the whole world falling at his feet. But he gave it up for his sannyas. So Sarvabhama was thinking to help him to secure his position as a sannyasi. And Mahaprabhu said, oh, he's just thinking to show some affection to me, to teach me. What is the problem? So he went and Sarvabhama recited Vedanta for seven days. And Mahaprabhu sat quietly and listened and didn't make a peep. And after seven days, Bhattacharya said, well, so 
what do you think? You have no questions after seven days? Mahaprabhu said, no, I have no questions. Do you understand what I've said? I hear what you said, but I don't understand it. I understand the sutras. They're very clear. But you've clouded them with your imaginative interpretation. And the pure sunlight of the sutras is obscured by that. Sarvam was taken back. So you know better? You want to explain the sutras? And Mahaprabhu began to give his explanation. How we should understand the sutras directly and not indirectly, except in cases where this is required according to grammar and so forth. Sarvam was amazed. Then the famous Atmarama verse was discussed. Sarvam explained it in seven, eight ways. Mahaprabhu then gave his explanation in maybe 60-some ways, explaining it. And seeing this godly opulence of knowledge coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sarvabhoma was convinced that he is the Supreme God himself. And he surrendered to him. Paid obeisances to Mahaprabhu, showed him his mercy. He appeared before him as Vishnu, four-armed, and then he showed a two-armed form. Chaitanya Bhagavad says he showed a six-armed form. So four and two, <laughs> six. There's a deity there in that house of Sadbuj, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, six arms, two arms as a sannyasi, two holding the flute, and two holding bow and arrow like Ramchandra, Ram and Krishna coming together as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in this way, Sarvabhama was converted. The measure of his conversion was tested with some mornings afterwards. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu early in the morning took a gathering of Mahaprasad from the temple, brought it to the house of Sarvabhama and knocked on the door and said, Wake up, Hare Krishna. Sarvabhama rose from bed. Mahaprabhu was there. He said, I brought you Mahaprasad. Sarvabhama glorified Mahaprasad with beautiful prayers and began to take. And Mahaprabhu was very pleased. See the measure of your conversion. He was such a stiff fellow previously and so much went by the book about everything. But in this instance, he showed his strong faith in Mahaprasad. He didn't take a bath, brush his teeth, go through any of the morning rituals before taking the prasad. He took the prasad from Mahaprabhu's hand. This is Vaishnavism. Faith in Mahaprasad. Mahaprasad Govinde, we sing. To have faith in the wonderful effect of Mahaprasad. This is the sign of a Vaishnava. So, Sarvabhama showed that and Mahaprabhu was very pleased with him. And he talked, how previously you were eating the dry cakes of logic. <laughs> Only this was your meal. Very stuffy. And now look at you. You've become like a child, practically. And then later on, Sarvabhama, he came to Mahaprabhu. And what did he do? He quoted a verse from Bhagavatam. In discussing this verse from Bhagavatam, Sarvabhama changed the word mukti to bhakti. Bhakti Mahaprabhu said, what have you done? You've changed the word of Srimad Bhagavatam. He said, I cannot tolerate this word mukti. Mahaprabhu said, oh, it's all right. You should understand mukti means that at the feet of Lord, all kinds of mukti is available. That may be. You understand? I could not draw that meaning. I appreciate that you have. But still, the fact remains that the common understanding of mukti, when it's heard, implies something other than bhakti. And therefore, I cannot 
tolerate that. Mahaprabhu chuckled, he appreciated it. He said, you really can't change the Bhagavatam, but I appreciate your sentiment. So in this way, the extent of Sarvabhoma Shodhana, the purification of Sarvabhoma, was brought out. Mahaprabhu accomplished his initial purpose for coming to Jagannath Puri to convert Sarvabhoma to charge. And the measure of it, the extent of it, was complete. Complete conversion. So now he's ready to leave, to go to South India. So after delivering Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, the Lord desired to go to South India to preach. Mag Shukla Pakshe Prabhu Korila Sanyas Palgune Asiya Korila Nila Chalevas. He gives the chronology here. Mahaprabhu accepted the renounced order during the waxing fortnight in the month of Mag. During the following month, Palgun, he went to Puri and resided there. At the end of the month of Palgun, he witnessed the Dolyatra ceremony, and in his usual ecstatic love of God, he chanted and danced in various ways on the occasion. Chaitre Rahi Koila Sarvabhoma Vimochan Baishakera Pratame Dakhin Yoite Hoilaman. So during the month of Chaitra, then, while at Puri, he delivered Sarvabhoma. In the beginning of the next month, Vaishaka, he decided to go to South India. Nijagan anikohe binai koriya, alingan kori sabai shihaste dariya, toma shabha jani ami pranadika kori, pran chada yai toma shabha charite napari. Mahaprabhu called all his devotees together and holding them by the hand, humbly informed them, You are all more dear to me than my life. I cannot give up my life. I can give up my life, but to give up you is difficult for me. So now we're going to hear a, a contrast between the austerities of sannyas. Sannyas means giving up one's life. Prabhupada used to call it social suicide. So to give up one's life, it's like becoming socially dead. The austerity is involved in that, the pain, how it's a painstaking affair, and that contrasted with the pain of Mahaprabhu's affection for his devotees. You are all my friends. And you have properly executed the duties of friends by bringing me here to Jagannath Puri and giving me the chance to see Jagannath in the temple. So this is a real friend who shows us the Supreme Lord. Ebeshaba stane muni magon ek dane sobimeli agna deha nyoiba dakine. Now I beg all of you for one bit of charity. Please give me permission to leave for a tour of South India. So now he will try to convince them on the basis of something they can relate to. They are his close, intimate friends, dear most devotees. They can hardly think of him as a sannyasi. He's trying to enact the rest of the sannyas lila by going and traveling and preaching in South India. He wants their permission. So very wisely he says what? Vishvarup Udeshe Abhashami Jabba Ekaki Jaiba Kao Sanginaloiba. I shall go to search out Vishvarup. Please forgive me. I want to go alone. I do not wish to take anyone with me. 
in other words, he's convincing them. I want to go because my brother went there. So on the basis of family ties, he's reasoning with them. They have to relate to this. If it's just, I'm a sannyasi, I should go and preach. It would be difficult. But, oh, your, your brother, Vishwarupa. Of course, Mahaprabhu knows already. He's omniscient. He knows Vishwarupa has already passed and entered into Nityananda Prabhu, being expansion of Nityananda Prabhu. But he, on the plea of this, he's reasoning with them. Setu bandahite aminasi javat nilachale tumi sabha rohibetavat. I shall return from Shetubanda, and all of you dear friends should remain here at Jagannath Puri. So he wanted to go alone. This is Sanyasi's duty to travel alone, not depend on anyone. He says, Vishvurup Siddhiprapti Janera Sakal Dakshin Deshe Udarite Koren Echal. So Krishna Skabaraj continues the narration. He says, Vishvurup Siddhiprapti Janena Sakal. So Mahaprabhu Janena Sakal, he knew everything. Vishvarup Siddhi Prapti had already attained Siddhi, had already left the world. So on a pretense of not knowing this, of ignorance, he raised this issue in an attempt to get permission that he could go to South India so that he could liberate all the people there. Shuniya Savar Mane Hoila Mukaduka Nishabda Hoila Savar Sukhaila Mukha. Upon hearing this message from Mahaprabhu, all the devotees became very unhappy and remained silent with sullen faces. Nityananda Prabhu said, How is it possible for you to go alone? Who can tolerate this? Let one or two of us go with you, otherwise... You may fall into the clutches of thieves and rogues along the way. They may be whomever you like, but two persons should go with you. They already had experience coming from Nadia to Puri, that the tax collectors were there, and it was problematic. I mean, the Puri was a stronghold of Hindu dharma because Raj Prataparudra was very powerful, had a powerful army. But otherwise, the... Muslim invaders were in India and they had occupied different parts and so forth. So, politically speaking, it was potentially dangerous. They had that experience. Indeed, I know the paths to the different places of pilgrimage in South India. Just order me and I shall go with you. Nityananda Prabhu speaking. He had gone to South India previously, reenacting the Leela of Balaram during the Kurukshetra War. Balaram did not participate. He left and he went south and toured all the places of pilgrimage. There he established the Ramaharshan Sutta, Sutta Goswami, at the speaker of Bhagavatam, killing his father for his offense. He also vanquished that Dudvida and traveled to holy places Naimisharanya and so forth. So Nityananda Prabhu says, I know all those places. I've been there previously. Of course, he also toured himself as a young lad. He went to places of pilgrimage, so he also went south. But he knew it as well from the previous Leela as Baldev. So he said, I know all the secret paths. I can take you everywhere. I'm the fit person. I should accompany you. Prabhu Kohi Ami Natak Tumi Sutadhar 
Mahaprabhu replied, I'm simply a dancer, and you are Sutradhar, like a puppeteer. I'm like a puppet, and you're pulling the strings. So however you pull the wires and make me dance, and I shall dance in that way. Mahaprabhu, in this way, he's going back and forth. He's wanting to go and as a sannyasi and undergo that austerity, that tapasya, for the sake of the fallen souls, the tapasya of leaving his devotees, separating from them, that the pain of that is in the balance, and now he puts himself back in the hands of Nityananda Prabhu. Sannyas kodiya ami chalilan brindavan tumi amalana aile advaita bhavan. After accepting sannyas, I decided to go to Brindavan, but you took me instead of the house of Advaita. Nila chal asite pate bungila mordanda toma sabar ganda snehe amar karjabhanga. While on the way to Puri, you broke my sannyas staff. I know that all of you have great affection for me, but such things disturb me in my sannyas dharma. Jagaranda chahe ami vishaya bunjaite. Ye kohe se bhai chahi ye korite. Jagarananda wants me to enjoy bodily sense gratification, and out of fear I do whatever he tells me. Kobudyadi unhar bhokya kurire anyatta. Krodhitin din more nahi kohit kata. I sometimes do something against his desire and out of anger he will not allow me to talk for three days. This is the Supreme Lord talking, and this is his position in relation to these devotees. Mukundo hayen duki deki sanyas dharma. Tinabari site snan bhumite shayan. Being a sannyasi is my duty to lie down on the ground and take a bath three times a day, even during the winter, but Mukunda becomes very unhappy when he sees my severe austerities. Ontari dukhi mukunda nahi kahi muke. Ihar dukha dekhi mor diguna hai dukhe. Of course, Mukunda does not say anything, but I know that he is very unhappy within, and upon seeing him unhappy, I become twice as unhappy. Amita sannyasi damodar brahmachari sadarahe Amar upara shikshadandadhari. Although I'm in the renowned order of life and Damodar is a brahmachari, he still keeps a stick in his hand just to educate me. Ingharagi ami najani vyabahar ingharena bhai swatantra charitra amar. According to Damodar, I am still a neophyte as far as social etiquette is concerned. Therefore, he doesn't like to see my independent nature. Loga bhikha nagi inghar. Krishna Kripa Haite Ami Loka Peksha Kobu Napori Charite. Damodar Pandit and others are more advanced in receiving the mercy of Lord Krishna, therefore they are independent of public opinion. As such, they want me to enjoy sense gratification, even though it be unethical. But since I'm a poor sannyasi, I cannot abandon the duties of the renounced order, and therefore I follow them strictly. Adaivatumi Sabraha Nilachale Dinakata Ami Tirta Brahmiba Ekale. You should all therefore remain here at Nilachal for some days while I tour the sacred places of pilgrimage alone. So here we're seeing this, again, this contrast between the Lord Sanyas and how the devotees think of him and how the devotees would cross over the regulative principles of 
sannyas, for example, Varnashram, ignore them and deal with Mahaprabhu in terms of their spiritual relationship with him. Actually, the Lord is controlled by the good qualities of his devotees. On the pretense of attributing faults, he tastes these qualities. So Krishna's Kamirash Goswami kind of sums up the purport of what we've been hearing. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu externally, because of his sannyas dharma, shows displeasure with the devotees for treating him in the ways that he's described. But in reality, internally, he likes this very much. So we want to get to that side. But to get to that side, we have to go through the instructions that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives and the example that he sets in his sannyas lila. So his sannyas lila, as I said earlier, is important to us. God is a doorway to take us into the kind of sentiments that the intimate devotees have in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, from Aishwarya to Madhurya. So we see this again and again and again throughout the scripture in Bhagavad Gita, in Bhagavatam, here in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So we want this Madhurya, sweet understanding of God, to enter into that, but we have to understand the Aishwarya aspect and pass through that. We're going to jump over that. So we'll stop there for this morning. Continue this evening. Any question? Yes. You just read that uh, Damodar, Not Swarup Damodar. Oh, that's not Swarup Damodar. No. He kept a rod just to remind Mahaprabhu that he should carry his rod. Yeah, Damodar Pandit. Damodar Pandit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes that's up, that's but why he says he keeps his rod just to, to remind him you should also carry it. Mm-hmm. In several places he corrects Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and mm-hmm. teaches him the etiquette and so forth. So, so although he's called the one and he's teaching him the etiquette of sannyas and you shouldn't do this and that, right? but but and but, but, but it's but it's, but it's not the etiquette. But the point is, <laughs> you see, it's not the etiquette of that Damodar to instruct Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's a sannyasi. <laughs> <laughs> You should do this to be a sannyasi. One time Mahaprabhu was, showed some affection for a young boy, and the young boy was from a widowed mother, and the public would think, oh, he has some connection with the boy's mother, and this way Damodar is instructing him. And well, while he's instructing him how to be a sannyasi, the fact of the matter is that he's not relating to him as a sannyasi, otherwise he wouldn't be instructing him. He's teaching him like, I'm your teacher, I'm telling you what to do, chastising him. Another question? He is a Grihasta. But he was a, what we call, Chetra Sanyas. He had taken a vow to remain in the Holy Dham, not to leave that place. So he was a kind of a Sanyasi. So apparently, on the basis of his Chetra Sanyas, which is kind of analogous to Vanaprastha, he felt he was capable of performing the ritual and Reinitiating Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's why you ask, huh? Right. He yeah. He was an instructor of sannyasis. All right. We we'll stop there. Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai.